Hey everybody, welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. So guys and girls, welcome back to the show. As always, this episode is sponsored by www.reviveyourself.co, my website where you can find so many articles about health and healing, as well as other links to different podcast episodes. The Chronic Fatigue Solution, the book I wrote a few years back, which gives you the three big secrets to health, and my newly released online course, the Total Health Revival Course which, if I don't say so myself, is unlike anything else on the market. Whereas other courses in health just concentrate on one aspect of healing, this course gives you everything you need to know to create a healthy body and mind because it looks at you holistically. We don't just go into nutrition, we go into the mental, the emotional, the biological, the spiritual and the environmental as well. We give you eight easy-to-follow step-by-step modules that cover everything you need to know to overcome a chronic health issue or advanced disease or reach your optimal health. And we also go into self-sabotage and breaking down any other mental or emotional barriers that are holding you back. It really is something that I'm so proud of bringing out because I know it's going to change people's lives for the better. And not only is it going to get people healthy, it's going to keep them healthy because everything we're teaching you in this course are things that that will stand the test of time and you can use for yourself, your friends, your family for years and years to come. So you can find that at www.reviveyourself.co and clicking on the course option. And also you have the option of working with me one-to-one with our coaching where not only are we going to get you healthy, but we're going to start building out your dream life and getting you to reach the full potential that you are here to create. Because remember, we're not just here to survive, we're here to thrive. How's things, first of all? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. It's been a bit of an interesting time for you, right? It must have had quite a few messages through, I'm guessing, over the last few weeks about um, what you guys have been up to. Uh, yeah, mainly. Like some of those videos went... Yeah, but so some of the videos went viral. Yeah, yeah. Me, the, most of the messages I've been getting are just people who um, enjoyed the, uh, the sarcastic comments to or questions to Greta. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting one actually because a lot some some people they mentioned she she understood the sarcasm. Yeah, she's talked a lot before about her autism. Now, as far as I'm aware, if you're autistic, you don't really you can't register sarcasm. And she was then sarcastic later on. So it's just one of the things I've taken from that and thought, hmm. you know, the amount of times people have said Greta's an actor, I kind of think, possibly. Yeah, I mean, if they, you know, they want a head of, of their nonsensical, utopian bullshit campaign, you know, you get like a 13-year-old girl, you know, so people can... Um, it's almost like having like a human version of a puppy, you know, so people are like, oh, I mean, she, so it's just, it's just what they do, you know, it's just more, more deception, more lies. So what I just want to do, just for people who are tuning in, Callum, just so people um, get a bit more back, back story on yourself, etc. Um, I've been on Callum's podcast before. Um, Callum's someone that I uh, sort of came, we say got into, in contact with each other throughout the last few years, throughout all the nonsense that's been going on, um, kept in touch. Um, you were starting to be moving into like journalism, reporting on a lot of the things that were going on. And then 
just seen that you've recently or how recent have you joined Dribble News? So I started freelancing with them in October and I signed my full-time contract Monday just gone, starting full-time permanently Monday coming. So, and so what's that, what's that process been like working with them? I love it. It is great. It's just great to actually, like before I knew it was like, I really had to do everything on my own, everything I wanted to do, which it was doable, but it does, it makes things a bit harder. But now things like, you know, I couldn't afford to just go to Davos and, you know, kind of grill Tony Blair. Um, but rebel of kind of, you know, they allow you to do all those things and it's just, it's just great to actually get out and do more work, especially now it's not just some weird hobby for someone in his mid twenties. It's now an actual job. Yeah, no, it's good. They, they, they've got like, um, quite a big, a big audience. They're quite a big following as well. They're like, um, similar to project Veritas in the fact that you actually go out and ask real questions. You're not just part of yeah, most of the journalists, you know, they're too afraid to ask any questions because, because they'll just get denied access or their funding will be cut. Um, so what's it, so obviously I want to talk about when you get into Davos, but what's it like being around the other journalists or quote unquote journalists, people that are meant to be journalists, but aren't when you're in, in that sort of area, do you, I mean, are you guys looked down upon? Is there like, I'm guessing there's journalistic snobbery. Um, do you get, do you get less access to people, etc.? And I suppose you're just like the, trying to always fight for your, to get your foot in the door. I massive, massive journalistic snobbery. There was a, there was a moment actually, I don't know if you remember the Greta video where someone said, um, Greta, would you like to talk to a real journalist? And then the comedian in me just thought, oh, this is perfect. You've just given me an open goal. And there was just silence after his question. And I thought, wait for it. Now, Greta. As a real journalist, and I actually got a bit of a response from it, and I just saw the guy's look in his eyes like, oh, I've just been made to look an absolute tit on camera. And he probably knew as well, given that we're rebel and we get a lot of views, that a lot of people are going to see him just look a bit silly there. I don't think he actually said another thing after that. But it's... Um, but the, the... Whole... Go on. No, go ahead, my man. Sorry. It's a bit of a delay. Um, go ahead. And he's... Uh, but yeah, going back to the whole, you know, is it difficult to get your foot in the door? It is a little bit, given who we are, because we actually ask questions. And obviously, the most import important people in the world, they only invite those that ask the agreed questions, the allowed questions. And, well, you know, I'm quite happy to run up to John Kerry and ask him how people should take him seriously on climate change when he takes private jets to get climate change awards. Yeah, I mean, some of the stats on that as well. I mean, when it comes to the the uh, climate and all that, I'm going to say certain words because I don't want it to get taken off. Um, but when it comes to that, you know, it, what they're pushing it is complete and utter nonsense. There's so much research showing it. And uh, as I said, if if it was true, you wouldn't be able to get insurance on a, on a beachfront property anywhere in the world. And all these guys are, are buying up left, right and centre. But when when these people are sitting there taking private jets, which... I think it's like one flight in a private jet uh, is the equivalent of, I think it's like 55 years of, of driving a car uh, in terms of what goes up in, into, the, into the atmosphere. 
the, yeah, the front of these people to all come in on private jets into, into that sort of place. I mean, who you interviewed, I want to get, get onto the specific ones, but you managed to capture like quite a few people. I'm surprised that they even let them, I'm surprised that they even let them um, walk around and with, with that sort of ability to be interviewed. Was you surprised at how easy it was to get access to them? A, a little bit. After like day one, you kind of that um, that su surprise kind of goes because like because you just see so many people everywhere. So one of one of the ways we were operating was um, you know, I've got younger, better eyes than Avi, so I'd be looking at these small lanyards. So if they've got a white lanyard with a blue underline, that's your big cheeses. And like you just seen all these people walk past, I quickly look them up, and it's people that like. <laughs> It was quite interesting knowing that I was literally the poorest person in Davos. Because I look at all these names, I was like, I know full well I have the least amount of money here. And you just go through all these names, you go, oh my God, this person's huge, this person's huge, this person, like, this person's boring and they've got, you know, there's no point asking questions. However, in like a pub, they'd possibly be the most interesting person because of how big they are, the job they do, how important their job is. And um, so, like, the novelty does wear off quite quickly. I saw that mm -hmm. Mark Devlin put out a video about how um, some people were saying that we were controlled opposition because, like, how, how could we get how could we get so so close to all these people? Well, my first question for they, those people is, have you ever been to Davos? And they never have. And literally, so, like, if if this is, like, the promenade, like you can just literally walk up and down and there's the odd building where there'd be some talks. And then down here is the bit, which is like, it, it's blocked off to everyone unless you have a lanyard. And most of the stuff happens here. But literally at the end of this promenade here is the black, the black rock building where literally Larry Fink walked out of my cameraman just went, that's Larry Fink. I was like, Oh my God, it is. So just ran over to him. Like these people are just everywhere. I think at times it's more of like a, they're almost like, yeah, look at me. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm CEO of BlackRock. I'm Tony Blair. I'm John Kerry. Like it's, they kind. I think in in a way they kind of want to be seen, although I don't think they want to be seen as much now. But <laughs> mm. the next year will be yeah. interesting. What they do. Yeah, especially if like. So is that so? Do they stay where they stay, or the hotel they they're in? That it's not in a in a restricted access building. So they actually, when they come at the hotel, when they come out of certain buildings, they have to walk past that down that road. So the they uh, the World Economic Forum has, I think, they basically have a contract with every hotel and Airbnb owner in in the town that right. they can have it when they want. So there are, I think, there's some hotels that are kind of behind the paywall but things like um the belvedere hotel you can mm. literally walk i i semi walk to it but you can't get too far in because people with guns and they don't want it's not coming through but i just you said that some of the hotels um you said the belvedere but others are maybe not behind the paywall go, go from there cal yes yeah, so, so like some, some of the hotels i think are kind of behind the bit where you have to have a lanyard the thing that the Belvedere Hotel isn't, that is like literally out in, it's almost like a bit of a center point on the promenade. I, it it kind of looks like the High Castle in, 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 a, in a film with villains. 
Like, as in, they want to be seen. Mm. Look at us in our big eye castle. Like, li literally, you can... Um, the mm. one, did you see that Masaka when she spoke to um, Klaus Schwab? Again, that hotel... That hotel, I just yeah. walked in the next day. Like, it, it's not behind, there's no, like, armed security. It's not behind the wall where you have to have a lanyard. We literally walked in. In fact, there was a door that said private party, no entry. We walked in that as well. <laughs> they probably didn't expect you to, to, to go to these places. I mean, then maybe, like, you know, next year. Well, hopefully, there they won't be any, any the wiser. But it's, um, is it, so how did, what did it feel like when you were in Davos? Like, is it a weird place? Was the energy weird? How did it feel being there? Like a movie set. Like, it's the best way I can describe it. It was just like a movie set. So we uh, got there before it all kicked off. Um, and we thought, you know, let's, let's go actually have a little look down because the bit that's behind the bit where it's like no entry to us, before Davos, like the, the event starts, we you could go through the while so just finishing up like the whole it looked a bit like an east like an east german checkpoint um but obviously the day before we can go through that so we thought we'd have a little look around initially and you watch them finish up all these things you're like this is just like a film set they bang on about sustainability yet all nearly all these buildings have like fake fronts on to kind of you know as an mm. advert to that corporation or country uh cnbc literally built a like um they built an extension on a church it's just a wooden fr a timber frame like an extension yeah like, it's just like a movie so everything this is fake all... connection is doing my head in cow it's not the best is it but um but on, on the friday when they were like there was the last few talks they'd already started taking things down which like again the all week i was like this is just Right, I've got it on. Sorry, guys, just so that you know, the internet's been playing up a bit. I didn't want to miss what Callum was saying. I've done a few things, so hopefully uh, we can get this conversation flowing a bit better. Whereas I don't want to, uh, yeah, it's be interesting. I want to listen to everything Cam's got to say today because he's uh, one of the only people on the planet that was in Davos a few weeks ago, or like last week, interviewing a lot of the people that are part of this dystopian nightmare. Uh, of the WEF. -W where, where was we there, my man? We were just talking about Davos and about how the actual place was and how it felt. Yeah, so you, you, you asked me how what my thoughts were when I was there, and the best way to describe it is a movie set. They'll, they'll bang on about sustainability, and we got there, we got there a day before it started. And the bit where it's kind of behind the paywall and you have to have a lanyard to get in, it looks like an East, like an East German checkpoint. Right. And... The day before all the events started, you could go through all that because, you know, there was nothing on. So we thought we'd have a look anyway, just because, you know, we're not going to be allowed here soon. And we're going down the street, and th there's a church where CNBC have hired it. And they've built this timber structure um, extension on it. All these are the buildings where they've been rented out by different corporations and countries. They've got different skins now on the wall, like temporary ones. They bang on about sustainability, yet these places are just fake and they're up one week and down the next, just like a movie set. But either we, we yeah. went into BlackRock actually on the day that on that day, and they hadn't finished all their stuff. And again, inside, it, you know, it's BlackRock for that week, but 
the rest of the week it's some, some someone else's business right and it's so, all just fake fake yeah it's all for show literally that mm. it's, it's obviously in switzerland as well where most of these people probably got their money in bank accounts that you know most people well trying to get a swiss bank account is one of the hardest things in the world you can't even get one even if you've got a passport you have to like there's certain protocols you have to go through and obviously that these people businesses i mean switzerland being quote unquote the neutral part of part of europe it's funny how these meetings always end up there um it's when when you were there like when, when you were around these people was it an eerie energy there Callum, or was it like because you guys i mean you guys seem like you're in very good spirits and it was like fun to be there for you which is great but when you're like seeing these people um was there like yeah what, what would you describe as the energy now you said it's fake but did they give off any sort of like and when you're around them did you did you did you feel at ease or did you get a sense of like you know these aren't good people or maybe you didn't feel anything so I was doing um, I was doing an interview like a live broadcast on uh, Emerald Robinson's show. She used to work with Fox. Yeah. And I thought you know I, I quite enjoy doing all these things outside of Black Rock mainly because I'm a bit of an arse and I quite like to poke the bear. <laughs> and um, I was on public. What are you there public... for? Well, yeah, I was um, I was on a public path, and one security guard comes up to me and goes, um, "So what are you doing here?" I'm like, "I'm, I'm on public path. What's it to you?" I'm like. I don't have to tell you anything. And he kind of was like, oh, crap, he, he, yeah, he knows he's on. Because I pointed out where the public bit uh, starts and finishes. He's like, oh, crap, he's got me there. So he starts walking around, and he's looking at the entire time. And I'm doing this, uh, I've literally, I've got my MacBook balanced on the bollard so I can stand back a bit and do this thing. And halfway through, I was like, I just want to stop you there. I just want you to know that, you know, I'm not suicidal. But that Black Rock security guard is now peering from behind this van. Literally, he's he peered from from behind a van. He's just going, Strange. taking pictures of us. And I was like, this, you know, this this is a bit weird. I'm I'm, I'm on public property. They, I mean, they clearly know who we are. But why 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 they need to take pictures of us? Like, what what are they trying to do? And then he was like kind of keeping his distance but walking around the entire time looking at me from quite a far it was almost like he was i don't know he was like he was trying to hide at the same time wasn't hiding very well but then when it came across the likes of larry fink who's the ceo of black rock uh tony blair that there was there was a weird energy about them because you know, the world they can't form they talk about how like the things they're doing is to better the planet you know, better everyone. So why the need for secrecy? Like, if, if, if you're there to talk about things that's going to make everyone's lives better, what, what, why do you need to hide it? And I asked Larry Fink, that's it, like, well, why are you here? Didn't say anything, wouldn't even look me in the eye. Um, I said, you know, you're here for nefarious reasons. Because you say you're here for the, for the good of the planet, but if you won't tell us why you're here, are you here for nefarious reasons? Wouldn't answer anything. Tony Blair wouldn't even look me in the eye. Maybe one of his entourage held my hand. It, it, was, it was a weird energy around those sorts of people because you think you're just bad. Yeah, Tony, I mean, yeah, these people are bad. Yeah, but some of the some of the people there, it was it. They almost seemed a bit. Best way of putting this. Blissfully unaware of the company they're in, 
like I, I was speaking to some. There was one guy actually who had one of the um, you know the top dog lanyards on, but he was there. He was invited there because he uh, he was he's talking. He, he was a normal bloke. He was wearing fairly normal clothes. He's having a cigarette, and I was asking you. Know, I said to him like, you know, you're one of the most normal dressed people here. You know, what's your story? He used to tell me about his startup that he did, where basically they take surplus food and they, you know, he was a social entrepreneur. And I was like, just from the way he was talking to, me, I was like, you're not hiding anything. You're not. You're not here for bad reasons. And and I say, how how did you get to be here? And he's like, oh, I was invited. Like they invited me because of the success my business had. I was like, oh, you seem blissfully unaware of the of what you're walking into. Mm. I think is that yeah. how they get people. Yeah, I mean, Klaus Schwab looks like uh, he's, you know, an evil villain. But, uh, I mean, the, the prerequisites to, to be in is, like, you have to, I think it's, like, 500,000 to join the w, uh, WEF, World Economic Forum. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, there's people that have tried to join it, uh, and they've said no. You know, so they may, may have invited him just to, it's like, a good and a public face. And we've got to have, like, 10 or 20 people that we invite every year that, yeah. you know, are, that are rich, but they don't have a clue what we're doing. And, you know, when you look at... But the thing is about these people, no one's voted them in. No one wants them to, to you know, they're not, not doing things on behalf of the people, they're doing things on behalf of themselves. They're saying, you know, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. And, you know, as you say, like, you first. You know, you own nothing and be happy about it. It's not the world we want. Um, none of us, like, this eating bugs, this 15-minute cities. Um, and so... It's really like well done that you've gone out there and you actually, you actually when you come to like Greta and a few of those like those interviews, I think it was like 10, 15 minutes you actually followed her for, and it's just funny how like they won't answer any questions. And as you said, if you're there to help the people, you know, if you're doing things with a good heart, then you've got nothing to hide. You'd just yeah. be answering questions. You'd just be saying we're doing this. We're, you know, this is what we're doing. It's all for people. But it's obviously nefarious. It's obviously what they've been doing, what they've been linked with. Um, it's. It's uh, it's something where the majority of people, I've been, I mean, the masses are just hoodwinked and believe in whatever it is. You know, these are the people that lined up and took a experimental um, poison just because the TV told them so. So they believe in everything they're doing. I mean, with 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 the the um, the Greta interview, I mean, you guys were good. You, you kept on, kept on pressing her, pressing her. And, and and talking about things that 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 video went went pretty viral it was quite handy for you guys to have more than one person there so you can you almost did well to like surround surround your people when you when you're interviewing them because there were other journalists there but you guys were the ones getting the questions in i, I can't remember it was you and your canadian canadian um colleague Me, right? ezra and um calvin robinson was kind calvin of robinson. As a guest. So he works yeah. for GB News, but he was just kind of with us as a, as a guest. And he had some questions, and it was like, when, when, um, so we were waiting outside for ages. Funny, that, that's when we saw John Kerry, actually. It was like, oh, right, John Kerry's there. You know, we're waiting there for ages. We might not even get it. Let's go quickly get that one. And literally, at, at the start of that video, you see me sprint towards my cameraman, like, you know, like a bit like, um, like in a four-by-one. I go to get the baton to then sprint off. Because we were sick. If we... If she'd waited 30 seconds more, she wouldn't have seen us. We were leaving. We'd been waiting there for hours, and we were about to leave. Um, and But we, we kind of thought she was going to come out and get in a car. So we had, we all kind of had, like, one question that we really wanted to ask. And then we kind of, whilst we were waiting, she kind of came up with a few more. You know, if we get a chance of a second one, we'll ask that as well. 
we had no idea we'd walk for walk with her for a mile and a half. <laughs> to the point where you know you you ask all your questions, and you're like, right, that's all I had prepared, and you have time. You didn't realise we had time then to literally just think. You know, walk along, have a think. You know, you see in one bit of the video, I've given Calvin my mic. I'm kind of hanging off to the side. At one point, me and Ezra are having a chat about what's going on. We had time to think and ask more questions. It was completely surreal. It's funny I mean, you, mentioned, you mentioned the bug things a minute a minute ago. And nearly all of these, like along the promenade, nearly all of these um, pop-up shops, like they've given out all this free food, and there wasn't a single bug thing. It was all really good quality food. Uh, I think I even saw like steak at one point, which is ironic. Um, but it was. I think I actually put on weight that week, despite all the steps I did, because there's all this really good free food. Oh, these people aren't. These people aren't eating, or they're they're promoting people to eat. They're going to be eating the finest organic foods, or they're going to be. They're all like it's like they all. Put, they will talk about how it's it's inverted part of the world. They will talk about our homeopathy and natural health or voodoo, and they're the ones that. You know, they, they go to it. Like the royal family, they've been using homeopathy and, and natural medicine for, for, for I mean, forever. Um, they've got their own, they've got their own um, organic farm. Although it's Dutch organic, it's like the, the Prince of Wales um, in association with the Prince of Wales. They're not stupid, these people. They know exactly what they're doing. And with, with, the, with the Greta one, I want to talk about the, the Pfizer guy as well, but with the Greta one, it's funny because I remember you guys asking about like, that that um, where she got arrested is it a, a week before? Um, oh yeah, I asked which, if, uh, if climate change is as fake as her arrest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's a funny thing. Obviously, that was done the week before when she was there. Obviously, drum up more attention, right? And um, it was just, I mean, asked those. I mean, have you ever seen an, an arrest look more staged? No. Like. <laughs> They have time for the police to stand by them and take pictures. Police to stand by them and take pictures. It looked like they were taking like stock footage for like a a a premiere of a new cop drama, <laughs> like for the posters to go on the side of the buses. It's. Uh, I mean, it's just like. And did, did what, what? What was like the main message that they were pushing when they were there? I mean, was there, was there any particular thing? I know they've got that overriding theme, but. Was there any sort of thing, like any phrases that you're hearing them say quite a lot, or what was the general general gist? It's nearly all about sustainability and climate change. That That's what mm. they're pushing right now. But um, you might not have seen, actually. So in one of these, in one of the buildings, there was the Ukraine building. It's really, so I went inside, and again, you know, for anyone that then sees this and goes, ah, he's a war denier, I... I from the outset, I don't know what's going on out there, and neither do most people because you're not actually seeing it. But some of the things in there, we like this is clear propaganda. Like this is like, this isn't just look. Here, you should think this because here's some facts. Like some of the pictures, I'm like that looks it looks staged, and and they they're saying was Project Ukraine is you. It's like, oh, that, that's a bit weird. I mean, I'm not Ukrainian. Like, you know, I don't wish harm on any nationality, but, like, you know, I'm, I'm not Ukrainian. I'm, I'm a Brit. And there was, in, in there, they talk about how, um, this, oh, yes, you, we're looking to rebuild Ukraine uh, to be a green, uh, like, 
carbon zero country. And I couldn't help but think, like, oh, build back better. Hmm, let's destroy Ukraine. Build it back better. And there's all, so many things out there verifiable or, like, how, you know, things are looking a bit iffy out there. But I was like, it just, to me, to me, it, it spoke volumes, things like the whole, we're going to rebuild Ukraine in a green, to be a green and prosperous country, hasn't yeah, I mean, I see where this is going. Well, no, when, when you say that about, you know, you don't know what's happening out there, none of us do. But what I do know is throughout history, people have done lots of stuff to, to they've faked lots of things to get countries into war and to, and to get the public to back it, such as Pearl Harbor. You know, Americans didn't want to go to war before that. That was staged, boom. And all of a sudden, from 20% of Americans, 80% want to go to war. Um, Germans have done it before, sinking their own U-boats. Um, you know, there's been so many things that that, that have happened uh, in World War Two. A lot of the propaganda that was was there's been lots of evidence showing that lots of images that were um, portrayed as the Nazis were actually from Russia and the Gulags. Um, there's lots of that going on, and you know, Ike talks about this a lot. You know, once they they can use Ukraine to sort of unite NATO um, against Russia something that they've been wanting to do for a long period of time. I mean, you just have to look into into that and what, what that means for NATO. Um, it's funny, you know, it's like these... Everything that they do has a particular reason behind it. They're not doing these things um, without a plan, a plan of action, and it's all just pantomime for the, for the masses to get their support. You know, same as... They, same as the whole thing we went through the last two years, a complete scam that that was, it's all the same. Um, it, and it, it just goes round. It's like um, virus, climate change, war, rinse and repeat. And this is what we're, we're dealing with. I mean, the other interview I wanted to talk to you about was the good one was with the Pfizer CEO. I know, I don't think you were there for that one, was you? No, heartbreakingly, I had gone back about half an hour, 45 minutes before, and I was absolutely gutted because that was what I wanted. I wanted a, a vaccine CEO. I wanted to grill them about, well, what they'd done because I had so many questions already. I wanted to ask them, you know, like, you know, was was all this, did you get it wrong or did you do this on purpose? Because you know, if you got it wrong, you shouldn't be trusted again because you got it wrong on such a grand scale. If you did it on purpose, you shouldn't be trusted again because that's bad. I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask him you know, if he wanted to apologise to my mum who, who who got injured by one of these. I, I wanted to ask uh, the CFIs like you know, after what you did with Bextra, why should the world trust you with anything else? Like you know, especially not just like what you did with that chemical, it's how you got out of it. You know, I, I don't see. Pharmacy and Upjohn Company bringing out a vaccine. Oh no, wait, because they can't, because they legally can't work in pharmaceuticals since you used them as a shell company to cover your ass back in 2008. Oh, yeah, yeah, but if people understood the long list of things that Pfizer have done, I did a video on it once, I, I did an article on it as well. Highest fine ever paid out by a, a, a company, pharmaceutical company. Um, you know, they, they are, I mean, they things they've done in Africa. Um, the drugs that they brought out that have destroyed people, um, the, the, yeah, the, what they, the, the things they're putting in these. Uh, you know, 
don't want to say certain words just because of the channels that we're going up to, but things that they've done that have gone into people um, and just destroyed people's lives in the in the millions, like millions. The, these these people are serial criminals, and their business model is committing crime. That's what they do. Um, but it was a really good interview your guys got out there. I mean, Paul, part of a team. That uh, your I think it was your Canadian uh, friend. Uh, what's his name again? Ezra. The, yeah, the he, boss. He, he, yeah, is he the boss? Uh, is he the main man? Yeah. All right, so he's 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 a he's a is he a, so is Avi not the boss? Yeah, no, Avi Avi runs like the Australian side. Oh, okay. Okay, so and the Canadian, so the, he's he's the main man. Right, he has some, he was good actually. He he managed to get the questions in, and the, the once again the Pfizer CEO said nothing. Absolutely nothing. Which is like, you think. I genuinely think he's probably kicking himself after that because if he just lied, people would have carried the lie for him. But you can't carry silence for someone. I genuinely think if he had just lied in all his responses, it would look better on Pfizer. Mm, but instead, he just stood there silently and didn't answer a single thing. Which was, was I, yeah. I, thought, I genuinely thought were very fair questions. They weren't very aggressive. They weren't like gotcha moments. I thought they were genuinely fair questions. Like when Avi asked about, you know, if a product doesn't work, companies then require to refund the money. So your product didn't work. Why are you not refunding countries? Yeah, well, because all the contracts they've got in place are literally having people bent over backwards. Like their contracts, if you've actually seen them, are actually ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the, the, the other thing they had as well is like they can take. If, if payments aren't paid back in some of these countries um, for, the, for the vaccines, uh, if the payments aren't made, then they get to take some of the land or some of the country, that they own some of the country. It's like crazy. So the contracts are in this. It's like how these people have been doing this. And it's time for us to wake up. Well, I don't know if you've seen recently, Jordan Peterson put out, um, he went live on Rogan's podcast uh, last week talking about how he's been working on something for like the last 24 months, 12 months, where he's putting together a group, a consortium of people that have got the values that he's got, what we've got, that are going to be going up against WEF. Have you heard about this? I have heard of it, but I'm, I'm sceptical as to why. In terms of what? Well, I don't think we need the WEF, so why do we need anything else? Mm. Well, I suppose, to, so if they're going to be there doing their thing and, and, and we're not the big group and we're not part of it. How how do we stop them from doing from doing it? Right. And I I get what you say we don't take part in it. Yeah. But if they start imposing things like fifteen minute cities and restrictions on me and where you can drive your car, like it's like the only way to 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 counter this is to have a, a group of people that yeah, are I, I are rich and powerful enough. To go against yeah, I, I suppose that that is a good point. You know, if you do have a big enough collective, my, my only worry is, you know, how many things have started out good and then get bought or infiltrated. I don't, True. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I, I do understand the reason. You think you're best of luck to them. I hope it works for the right reasons. But I'm, I, I've I've learned possibly like that one of the best ways to really kind of. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight, but I think we just get, people need to think for themselves again and learn, you know, the powers of things like 
vitamin C. Learn the dangers of pharmaceuticals. Understand how, I think the best, in a world of fiat currency, the, the best thing currency you can have is yourself. What could, oh. if, if all hell broke loose tomorrow, what could you offer a tribe? That's what people really need to look at themselves at. A hundred percent, mate. And I fully agree with that. And I agree with like individual sovereignty. And that's why I'm all about being the best person you can be, the most anti-fragile person you can be, competent am amongst um, many, many different sectors in your life as possible. The only thing I, I would say to that is we've been, you know, we've had the opportunity to do that for how many years? And with the masses just being so asleep and with a group of people that have got so much money and so much power now there and their rich has just gone up and up you know i think it's almost like when you see this in these in these films you know like the, the jedis versus the the dark star whatever it is you know it's like sometimes you have to have an opposing force because yeah i get people can be bought but it's just someone like jordan peterson i mean I, when I listen to him, I, I do get a genuine sense that he's a genuine person. If he, if he was going to be bought, he could have been bought a long time ago. Like for the last four years, they've gone after him. Um, for they've been going for his psychology license now, uh, and they've gone after lots of lot, in different ways and tried to, to just discredit him and ruin him. And he's still there saying these things. And so, I mean, for me, I mean, anyone we can have on our side is good. Anyone who, who's got the power to put a different message into the thing, because this, this is the other thing as well, Callum. And, and maybe it has to be that way where we, where we completely split, but they've got YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, these big techno, technocracy com technocratic companies in all in alignment with the WEF and their propaganda and their transhumanist, uh, transgender, LGBTQ, everything they do, mate, is to reduce population. You know, if you put chemicals in the water, you inject people with, with things that are, yeah, they've got so many nefarious chemicals in them, they, they change your DNA and your gender roles. Um, yeah, but I'm pretty got... sure that injecting things like aluminium and formaldehyde are good for you, right? Yeah, very good for you, especially if you like <laughs> to be chronically ill um, forever and or even die. But then you just look at what they're doing, like trying to destroy the family, you know, trying to push lots of this, lots of this transgender stuff, and then even making the prices so high that people even think twice about having kids because they can't afford them, you know. And so that's another thing that you're looking at the other day. People were saying, "Oh, I don't think I can even afford to have kids." Imagine that. Like back in the day, people still had average jobs, but they they had families. Now the the price of things that are going so high. And they're trying to even stop people from using the cities. I mean, you went. You said, you said, you, said you went to Oxford the other day, and had a look at these fifteen-minute cities. So the other day it was Canterbury. We've been to Oxford. Canterbury. It's very, it's very clever how they do it. So they've all, they're all the same premise, but they, they use different names for most of them. So it takes people longer to cotton on. So in Canterbury, it's called the Canterbury Circulation Plan. In Oxford, it's called Traffic Filtering Systems. Bath and Bristol, it's livable neighbourhoods. And then place, some place in Scotland and Norwich, it's a 20-minute city. They're all the same thing. They just give them different names. So for people that are new to this, what is a 15-minute city, 20-minute city? So a 15-minute city is the idea that everything you possibly need is within 15 minutes of your house, which sounds fantastic. However, that's just one part of it. So it's not just that everything 
is within 15 minutes, you know, so it's ideal for you and, you know, there's a better option for you. It's a, everything is within 15 minutes because we're going to find you in a poverty and you try and go out of it. <laughs> but it's, you know, you, you see... You see all these they're going to find you. They're going to find you if you if you go over fifteen minutes. But that's something to say. Right. <laughs> You're like you know everything's there. Everything you need is in fifteen within fifteen minutes because you can't leave your house. Like that. That's the bit they say quietly. So like these. Um, so in Oxford, it'll be a case of each household gets a hundred journeys in a vehicle between sectors, zones, whatever you want to call it. Now that's per house. So let's say it's a house of five and all five drive. You got to split those hundred between five of you. That's how, like, I mean, it's crazy regardless of the fact that people are limited a hundred trips, but it's even more crazy when in that house it's divided, you know, that hundred is divided by how many drivers there are. So is this is this is this with, so is this like when they're going into the actual city, or is it any, anywhere as well? So it's mainly just like is in going towards the city. It, it, yeah. It's in the city, yeah. Mm. So it, so in Canterbury, what they're going to do is they're going to build a new ring road, and it's so if you want to go from zone one to two, you can't just go through. You have to go out on the ring road and go through a designated route. Right. Which just. Yeah makes it a lot more difficult a lot more i think i think they're basically basically working on the uh, premise of if we make it inconvenient there'll be less backlash so we can do it if we make it impossible there'll be backlash it's 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 uh yeah 500 journeys between a family uh going in and out so i mean and that's and if you've got like so if, if you've got more than one vehicle and obviously you can it's, it's, it's split between them anything else that they with these 15 minutes is there any other restrictions that they're putting in no it's nearly all to do with pri it seems to me like it's a war on private vehicle ownership mm -hmm. so they, they 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 say they want to do things like make it green and and you know what? i'm I, I don't, i'm not a big exact believer of man-made climate change i do think it'd be good to have cleaner air to breathe of course yeah which, you know, in theory is fantastic, but when you take away civil liberties, that's where there's a problem. But nearly all of this, is, it seems to be like it's a war on private vehicle ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, then, if you're, then if you're renting a vehicle or leasing one, and you're like, well, I can only use it like three days of, of the week, then what's the point? Or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, it's you know? a case, so, case of what can they do with those uh, electric vehicles? For example, yeah. Biden's, Biden's first day in office in America, when he signed the infrastructure bill, every new electric vehicle had to have a remote kill switch. One, who has that remote? Two, why? <laughs> yeah, well, we don't like what you said. So, you know, you can't drive your car today um, or you can't go down those roads. You like to post from Rebel News that was asking questions that we don't want to be asked. So... So today, you know, you can only use your car in this area. Uh, it's going, you can only spend your money in these shops. So, ah, catch a society. Sounds, sounds crazy, yeah. but it's very quickly becoming reality. Yeah, well, it's, it's reality in, in China, and this is what I say to people. This is why, 
you know, I'm all I'm all for anything that go goes against this. But people just need to, to to wake up and understand what's really going on. And everything, it's like people not don't do these nefarious things and tell you that they're going to do them um, straight to your face. They hide it behind good. You know, they hide it behind an imitated good or um, yeah, pseudo scientific. Uh, moral postulating and, and virtue signaling so they can get their agenda and it's a total totalitarian tiptoe right they do inch by inch and and they and they flood the airwaves and all the channels with complete nonsense and um falsified science so people believe it um tobacco science bought and paid for by their companies that you know gain to um, from from when these things get pushed through and people just lap it up and it's like, the other day, it's like, of course, all scientists agree when you censor the ones that don't. And it's like, yeah. well, now I can't even put a post up um, on Facebook or Instagram saying, like, well, why things are, are false or I can't say certain things because it would just be like, oh, this is misinformation, this is incorrect. That's been the case for, like, a year and a half, even though it's not incorrect. But I can't even post it because I'll just get shut down. I won't, I won't have a reach. And so this is where... You know, this is where some things like maybe this organisation that John Pearson's put together will be good if we can get some other channels in terms of having to use things like YouTube, etc. You know, we have to, there has to be a pushback and we can push back. We can push back by obviously changing what we do, but it's like you guys, right? If you put out that, that interview, the interviews you've done and etc. on certain channels, they got taken off, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't think we. I don't think we put the. I don't think we put the fires one on YouTube actually because we knew full well it wouldn't last two minutes. Because they they get paid lots of vast amounts by Pfizer. Yeah, yeah. Even and so, even when we're doing, even when me and the, the guy doing the UK stuff are doing things on the fifteen minute cities, we have people. People don't understand appreciate the the amount of like fine tooth combing we have to go through. Even things like our script. Because we say we, we did um, the first one we did on Oxford, it, we we labelled it climate lockdowns. Now, how when we've been getting nearly four hundred, we've been getting six six figure views. How how come that video then only gets eleven thousand? Mm. Like that, that that's not like a a big headed. Oh, I'm getting all these views. Why am I not getting views on this? It was like you have this pattern of everything's going up and then kind of plateauing at a higher level, and suddenly. Bam, and then the next one is back up there. Well, because this one was censored quite clearly. And they quickly, the AP, quit Associated Press, very quickly jump on things, especially when it comes to climate lockdowns. No, they, they do it. Um, they've done it all before. And it's like, well, you've seen what they did for the last two years when they were saying, oh, this is not true, this is not true, this is not true. And now it's come out, of course it's true. They're like, oh, well, you know, we didn't have the information or, you know, uh, it's like whatever excuses they come up with. It's like, well, we've been saying this for two years. And so... Yeah, we were doing an Instagram Live and you mentioned the V word. <laughs> Seconds later, gone. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> gone. And this is, this is what I'm saying. This is why... People need to, I mean, people that tune in to you, they, they sort of like, no, they need to get this word further and further out. I mean, Twitter now you guys can post on. As much as I don't uh, believe that Elon Musk is the, the, the saviour people think he is, at least you, your videos can actually be on there. Um, I mean, you've got the, the option of either 
having a, a vaccine from Bill Gates or having a Neuralink in your head from him. Yeah, neither, neither one I, I would recommend. Um, yeah. But at I'll least you can get views out. Yeah, at least you can get views out. I mean, are you, do, where, where, where do you guys, so like, where are most of your views at the moment? Is it on Twitter? Um, well, we do, we, we still use, we still use YouTube a lot. Um, as far as I'm aware, actually, Rebel, because they split into different kind of sub-channels, Rebel News UK, I think, is actually technically monetized because we've not had any strikes. But the main Rebel channel it isn't because of they've had strikes. They use We use Rumble as well. It all gets uploaded on YouTube and Rumble. Just unfortunately, a lot of people still just use YouTube, don't they? So it's like, you know, you can want to change your platform as much as possible, but if the people aren't going with you, then it's a bit pointless. Exactly. That, that, that's where they've got you. That's what they made you say, sign up for all these things, and then it's like, oh, well, now we... Now we but, but 10 years ago... It was like, yeah, cool, put whatever you want on. And then they just changed the goalposts. They're like, well, everyone's got all their platforms. Everyone's, everyone's on all these platforms. Now we will dictate what you can say and what you can't. And someone like myself, you know, goes against the narrative and, and you, that's like, well, like now we're fucked, basically. And that's where... I got a strike in last December on, on my the Frankly Speaking channel from a video that was a year old. Because they oh, change. I get it all the time, <laughs> mate. I, I'm, I'm getting. I get like on my Facebook. I don't know how. Well, yeah, my Facebook. I get banned from things I posted in 2019 or 2020, and it's like they're just these algorithms. Yeah, you know, short of actually marching into Instagram or Facebook and like getting them to whatever off your account. I don't know what else you can do. I don't think it's a software you can use. I don't know what you can do. Yeah, um, to, to try and get rid but that's the thing if you're not getting views and the public don't know this is where I you know things like um, you know well, thing, anything that can combat it I think it is is good I mean what's your what's you guys what's your next step where are you, where are you going next what you were what you were looking into next uh, we'll be going to Ireland soon mm-hmm. uh, they a big they've got a big immigration problem there and for a lot of men getting raped by migrants right a weirdly considerable amount enough that it's actually getting traction that people are starting to notice what so men are getting through... raped irish men yeah interesting and it's insane so we're going to be doing that we're going to go to calais as well um so we're, we're focusing on the moment our two main focuses are uh illegal immigration and 15-minute cities. That's what we're focusing a lot on the UK. The illegal immigration, it's, I mean, it's massive in England. It's massive in France. I mean, it's what you see a lot of, like, these, they say, like, um, military-aged males coming over. Uh, I've seen videos uh, in Ireland with a lot of, like, the Irish people, like, confronting these guys. In your opinion, what what is, what is going on? Um... Well, I, I think there was a thing, was it a UN thing? I want to say in sort of the 60s or 50s. I, I can, ever since I first saw it, I can never find it again. But it was about how it was a, you know, I could be chatting bollocks, or it could be true. Uh, but it was on about how an idea was to basically mass migrate people in all these different countries and destroy cultures of nations. So, like, everyone becomes almost nationless and 
yeah. has no identity and everyone's the same. And I think there's a lot of that going on. Like the, we are seeing, pot. yeah, we are seeing the fall of the West. Oh, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like we, uh... we we are different to the French. Like we we have a lot of similar values. They quit a lot quicker than us, but like you know, we 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 are quite similar, but we're also we're very much different. Despite the fact there's only a couple of miles between us at some points, and the Germans are different to the French. But now we're seeing all these countries. We we're all we we're all becoming like each other, but not like we ever were. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Completely different country. It's like the malls, right? You go to a mall in any different area of the world, and it's all the same. And so, 100%. and so, this is yeah. What they're trying to do is take away any pride. And people say, oh, that's like nationalism's bad. It's like no. When you go to Europe, different countries, you want to experience a different culture. You want to take yeah. it in. You don't want to just go to the same same thing. And and that's what they're they're doing. And within space, I've been on this planet only thirty seven years. Within you know thirty seven years of my life, things have changed massively and you know this is yeah this is all part of their plan take away people's identity take away like their their pride and everyone's the same you know it's just it's it's crazy um and people just go along with it's one of the things being out in mexico that this is like probably what england was back in like i say the 1940s it's very like um you know gender roles there's a very big sense of national pride um, they haven't been bought and paid for uh, mm. because the people that run the country aren't government. I think it um, also just must, it, it's part of a... Um, I think governments are seeing this as, as an opportunity to destabilise people. Like, whilst you're focusing on this problem, we'll just do this over here. 100%. So when you're going to... When, when you're off to Ireland? I think next week. And are you going to be interviewing Irish people? Will you be interviewing immigrants? What yeah, you, we're, what, what... Hoping, we're hoping to get uh, to get some some interviews lined up. Um, again, there's a guy out there who's been like dubbed the Irish Tommy Robinson. Right. Yeah. I want to try and get in touch with him. Is he the one who's going around interviewing like videoing the immigrants and saying, "What the hell are you doing here?" It could be that guy. I've seen a couple of videos just and then, because a few of the immigrants are begging on the street, or the women are begging on the street, and then, and then the men around the corner. And he goes around to the corner and says, "What are you doing with your woman on the, like leaving your woman on the street begging like you guys?" And they'll try and attack, or basically go to attack him. He's like, "What? The, he's like, what the hell?" He says, "Island, like what? What are you doing? Like, like basically, basically prostituting out their their woman to try and beg for money for them." It's disgusting. Have you seen that video? Yeah, I've seen. There's another one I saw yesterday as well, where broad daylight, it, an illegal starts to try and try and assault. I think it's a 14 year old girl. In broad daylight, in the street, mm. like I, I don't know if they, if like do, do do they calculate it and go yeah the the risk versus reward I'm going to do this or do they do they think at all like a lot of people like you know when people say oh they're like you see these like see them like feral animals people go oh, it's racist like, but when you see videos like that and you go that is almost like a feral animal. I don't know if it's just different culture or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. There's so many like, things in the... Where, where are these immigrants coming from? Where are they coming from, Callum? Uh, well, I mean, we, there was a lot obviously coming from um, like North Africa and the Middle East, but a big one in the UK at the moment, I don't know what it's like in Ireland, but we're getting a lot of Albanian men. Right. Like young, young Albanian men. 
And there was an article in, I want to say it was the Mail, uh, an Iraqi refugee was saying that that a lot of the Albanians, they get to the hotels and then within a few hours they're getting in blacked out cars out front and never seen again. <laughs> now, Albanians currently are some of the biggest gangs in the country. I think Liverpool, I think, is the only place in the UK where they don't run the drugs. That's the last uh, yeah. like, British drug lords. I'll tell you why that is, because Liverpool is a city, but it's also a small town. Everyone knows everyone. And it's like, it, you go out there. Liverpool is somewhere I could easily live in the UK. It's a really cool place, and it's like it has a sense of pride and identity. When you're, you're, it's like, when you see them, it's like not English first, it's like Liverpudlian first. You know, um, that's what, have you been up there before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get that sense that they're all very proud about being from Liverpool. Um, mm. Well, I think other areas yeah, don't have that sense anymore. Um, and so I'm not surprised that they, they sort of stuck together there. But, I mean, Albania, yeah, the, the people coming over and they're getting into cars. I, they're putting, getting put up in hotels. There's a hotel not far from me that they, they, a lot of them were in as There's well. There's over 400 just... hotels in the UK on government contracts to house illegals. Mm. It's interesting, right, when you get these these people in these in these areas. Have you seen the video of where we went inside? No. So we're, we're, we're the only people that, that have been in, in one to, to secretly film. We, we went in there as uh, electricians. Um, and it, 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 it stinks of money laundering. Like, it's something that I think each, each legal gets, as well as getting housed, fed, clothed, legal aid, um, language lessons... And they get to about £40.85 a week. Right. So then I did, I did the maths. In this in this one hotel, if you totaled up, if every room was filled, and it, on this hotel, actually, ah, I forget the name. It's, what, it's, it's one of the ones that Heathrow. But basically, until April 24, it was fully booked. I, I couldn't book a room because it's on really? one of these contracts. So if you totaled up every, every illegal, if, if every room had one in, and you totaled up all their money, there was £27,000 going... A day. ...in cash, in cash a week. To that, to, a week. To, that's what I get a year. And that's coming out of the public purse per week in cash to just one, one hotel's worth of people. So £1,404,000 times that by 400 so it's fifty five hundred and sixty one million. No, my God, that's five six one six zero 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 zero. So a lot. Yeah, <laughs> five hundred sixty one million six hundred thousand. I think that's right. So that's if all hotels were the same size. You know, some yeah. some are bigger, some are smaller. I mean, in Skegness, four four of the seafront hotels have been bought up by foreign investors. They're going out, be, they've taken up these government contracts, and part of these contracts are, is what come the end of the uh, of the contract, will pay for any refurbishment. So they buy these all at knockdown prices. They get all this money from the government to house these illegals, where they'll basically do all the work as well. And then come the end of it, it's like, okay, we'll, we'll pay for any repairs. You know full well, they'll go, right, let's... You know, oh, they broke all this, broke all this, broke all this. 
and they'll renovate it to be like apartments and then they'll sell them. But it's all, it's nearly all foreign money as well. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of foreign money all, all over England now. I mean, L- L- London's... I mean, there's so many of them doing it. They all sit empty as well. So much investment going on. There's this... It's... Yeah, it's 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 actually amazing... Well, it, it's, a, it's amazing that, that this happened, but with what they're trying to do and create a melting pot and create no identity, um, you know, it's no surprise what they're doing. And, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, people need to wake up sharply. So I'm really sort of... People like yourself going out there and doing this, it's waking people up. It's it's, it's huge props to you, my man, because a lot of people, you know, it's not that many people out there willing to, to go and, and put themselves out there and risk being criticised and ostracised, you know. I, like, for example, myself last two years when I was just writing the truth, you know, lost lots of friends over it, but the truth was more important to me than that. And I know the same with you, you know. Uh, we've had conversations about it before, the truth, and because yeah. in the day these people don't realise that that you're fighting for them as well. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, so... I, I, want, I had an argument with someone during the um, you know when everyone was getting having more pricks than a second-hand dartboard from all these pharmaceuticals, and I, I was I was arguing with someone, I was, and they they got re- they got really irate. I was like, look, I'm I'm, I'm arguing with you about about all this. I'm doing all this research because I actually care about you. Like, I, I know you personally. They don't give a shit what happens to no. you. They don't know you. They don't care about you. Here is their long list of 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 crimes they've committed. And it's not just they've committed and then they've been punished for it. They've then found ways to get away with it. Do they have to, does the list have to go to here before you then think, oh, they're, they're a bit bad, they are. Does that have to get to here? To here? Like, at what point, how many times do they have to commit crimes before you go, do you know what? I don't think I trust those strangers that keep screwing me over. I might trust this person that knows me personally, has actually done quite a bit of research, whether it is wrong or not, but they've actually put in the hours to look to learn these things. They put in the effort and they get things right. Maybe I'll start trusting them. And you know, yeah. again I, I lost I lost some friends over it and you know, some family members got really annoyed. But at the end of the day, I sleep at night and my heart is fine. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah, my, my intentions are good and my heart's pure. Mate, the people, there's a, I think it was Thomas Sowell who said, you know, people will forgive you for being wrong, but people will never forgive you for being right, you know? And it's like, if all this stuff that's come out, it just proves you right time and time again. That's something a lot of people's egos can't take. And I think it's Ken Wilber, who's like a, a consciousness expert and talks about, you know, how 95% of the world population, they're still operating at the level of a 12-year-old in terms of the level they get psychologically. And yeah. that's why we've got loads of people running around in, in, in different chakras and stuff and doing the second chakra, they never get above the 12-year-old's level. Yeah, well, the thing is, when you do that, you know, it's it's like arguing with, with a child. They never can see it from your perspective and they'll never forgive you for being right because their ego can't take it. And so, you know, when the information comes to bear... You know, the truth, if, if it can get destroyed by the truth, it should get destroyed by the truth. Unfortunately, you know, we're in a world today where people don't want the truth. They just want, and they also don't want to fight. They, but this is why, you know, demasculization of men, this whole transgender thing. And this is why, another another reason, um, well, I don't know what your, your views are on someone like Andrew Tate, for example, but like if he's getting together a big group of men, he's got something there where people can join called the war room, big group of men that are actually financially capable, believe in traditional values, etc. Um, 
that goes against what they want. You know, they don't want powerful men getting together. So anything they can do to, to break it up, that's just one example of it, of other things that are talking about. And so anything that can do, can reduce, yeah, uh, men from being from masculine, break up the family dynamic, reduce identity, pride in anything, you know, make you more susceptible to be controlled. They've got the TV, my man, right? And so they can... But one of the good things, though, is a lot of the viewing figures for traditional news channels and traditional channels are way down. And viewing for, for people like yourself is way up. So at least, yeah. you know, those sort of statistics are showing people do want the truth, but they've just got to find it. And what they're doing is, you know, they're making it almost impossible for people to find you. Yeah, and the mega very do and on the on the Andrew Tate thing. I, I don't know the guy personally, I've never met him. But the way they're going after him tells me that he's onto something. And nearly everything I've ever heard him say, I, I I don't look him up and like, you know, Google him like a fanboy. So I don't I don't know too much about it. But whenever I see like quotes of his, I'm like, that's that's bang on. And like we are we are seeing, you know, the likes of Sam Smith is the current man on the TV. Like mm. that that's not something for men to aspire to. Men should should want to have a, a woman and a family and should want to provide and protect. That's not sexism. It's just yeah. our animalistic nature. Women, by and large, are better nurturers. That's not that's not to say men can't be nurturing, but women by and large are better nurturers. Men, by and large, we are physically stronger. It doesn't mean women can't be physically strong, but we just are. We are the ones designed to hunt, right? Defend, attack. That's what we are designed to do. We put muscle on better. We can distribute it better. We have the bone structure to take more weight. So it's like a lot. Of, you know, men should be men. And it's, um, funny enough, actually. So since you actually, and I'll, I'll give you nearly all the credit here, woke me up to how many toxic chemicals are out there i started looking at things like makeup women if you're watching this and you want to have children one stop wearing it because you, you don't look better uh, you know be believe you look, believe you're attractive and people believe it as well it doesn't make you better it's, it's you're selling a lie uh secondly it's full of toxic crap there's lots of chemicals in makeup you, the skin absorbs the, uh, is the biggest absorber in the body there's lots of to toxic chemicals in makeup that have actually been linked to making undeveloped babies androgynous. So we're blurring the lines between masculine and femininity. And it, to me, the proof's in the pudding. Look outside now. We have Sam Smith. This is 100%. So you've got lots of things in the, in the makeup and then the other things in the water supply, like atrazine. So it's making all the, the, the female, uh, male frogs, female frogs. And it's also meaning that alligators in the Everglades, their penis is not long enough to actually impregnate the women. Um, but then you've also got, there's so many things like that. I mean, there's millions, millions of things people put on their skin, what they're brushing their teeth with, what they're washing their hair with, what's going into their actual food, then like how vaccines, um, they have like um, chromosomes from female fetuses going into to men as well. So that changes you. Then the food, the, the, the things they put in the animals that you're eating, Things they're putting in the air, people cooking with Teflon pans, um, which is forever chemical that has been linked to things like birth defects, um, cancer. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, you yes, know, we can go on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so 
yeah, when people actually understand what's going on, you're being hit at every every angle. And then you've got the the social dynamic. You know, if you're seeing constantly seeing things like oh, you know, gay couples or LGBTQ pushing into the mainstream, it's a very minority minority group of people, but you're pushing into mainstream all the time. People think it's normal. And if you've got children, so someone didn't one of these transgender women or whatever you want, I don't know if it's men or women, whatever you want to call it, it was, it was trying to be a woman, but it was a man, it was a man. So, and uh, they had, he had a, she, he had a transgender partner, whatever, and they had two kids that they brought up, and funny enough, these kids were only, I think, five and eight years old, and they were already transgender. It's like, well, of course, that's what you're around, so if you're social, I mean, like, humans, you see all the time, it's something called epigenetics, and it doesn't matter what your genes are, if you live a certain way, you'll never express them, because your yeah. environment's super powerful, and if you're around people all the time. Also, mate, Pot I don't know if you know about Pottinger's cats. Uh, Francis A. Pottinger uh, was a, uh, a doctor who wanted to do an experiment um, to see what would happen if he changed the diets of cats. So he fed um, ge three generations of cats to their usual diet, which was raw milk and, and raw food. And then he fed um, another, another group of cats um, pasteurized milk and cooked food. Within three generations, the, the cats that were fed cooked food and pasteurized milk um, were infertile, started to go after the same sex of cat sexually, and couldn't land on their feet when dropped from a high, high uh, distance that they could normally. So infertility, going after the same sex relationships, you know, lost the ability to, 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 um, to be agile or to find themselves physically. And that was three generations. And we're in like the third, fourth generation of being exposed to this stuff now. And what you see with most people, you know, and they're so toxic. Yeah. They're so toxic. They don't even realize they can't think clearly. They're exposed to so much nonsense that, you said before, you know, try and tell people that they've been fooled. It's very hard, especially when they get all this information from these quote unquote specialists. Yeah, it was, was it Mark Twain that said it's easier to fool someone than to convince them they've been fooled? And yeah, yeah. we're seeing that on mass. That, that's where we're at, mate. And so, yeah, keep keep doing your thing, mate. Keep keep um, keep going out there, asking the hard questions, and you know, because the, the audience is growing, and people are extremely grateful for it. And it's it's awesome to see, mate. There. I wonder where. I hope it'll be good to see where you're going to be in next year, in five years from now, mate. But keep on keep on doing it, mate. And uh, we're we're definitely keeping touch. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I didn't kill myself. Just let you know. Uh, <laughs> let's get that me, one out there. Me either. I've never suicide myself. You, you, you annoy some of these people, and like you genuinely start to think, like, God, like you, you look at you know, that, that guy that created that car that could run on water. He disappeared. Uh, <laughs> they David all disappeared, mate. He just happened to die. <laughs> you know, yeah. people who are usually on or something tend to, you know, d disappear. Have you seen that thing about that uh, Chinese spy balloon that eventually got shot down? They said it only got shot down when it had uh, when it had evidence on the Clintons. <laughs> Mate, it's fucking it's hilarious the amount of distracting distractions they put out there. People just eat it up. They're like, there's so much, there's so much that they do, and people just you know they're just looking to be distracted. People got no purpose. They're just constantly consuming. They've got no purpose. They've got nothing to move towards. And that's it. You get destroyed. You know, you make people work for a, a pittance. You take away. You make, literally, the people, if I think I there was a quote. It was like, I think the only thing worse than a, a world with religion is a world without it. Because at least religion uh, gives people I, some. I mm. think that's bang on. So um, I, at, the start, at the start of the, uh, the pandemic, 
I, I was a staunch atheist, but I was pissed off that churches were closed because I understood that some people needed it. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it's about, I was talking to Calvin Robinson when we were coming back from Switzerland, and I was talking about this, and he, and he was like, yeah, I, think, I actually think a lot of the church is kind of infiltrated with people who aren't, you know, they don't really believe. He, said, he says a, a priest should die before he sh- shuts his church. I was like, to me, that's bang on, because if you, re- if you truly believe, what have you got to fear? What oh, do yeah. you have to fear? And I started to become more agnostic, and I've started to actually think now, actually, I think, I, I think I, like 90% of me says I'm a Christian, 10% just says we're in the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a good interview. Paul Check talks about that, like, the truth about um, religion, yeah. and there's four different ways to take it. The lowest form is is literally like how most people take it, and the highest form is inspirationally. When you take it inspirationally, uh, and there's some really good people that you can listen to, but most people are like, like fear God, like do this, and He'll banish you to hell. When you should, it's like that's not how religion is meant to be. But and it's like people think that a myth is just like something didn't happen. Well, myths are things that. Yeah. Something that never happened, but happens all the time. And there, there's like there's like things behind, in the myth that you're meant to take from it. You know, it's like a certain stories that you get. And with religion, there's certain things like you've got fundamentals that keep families and communities together. You know, certain certain well, yeah, community principles. Yeah, and that's what but they're trying know, to get. The neighbors these days. Yeah, that's well, this is why you're almost trying to create our own community, mate, of people that are on the same values. And then it's like. If something happens, then you've got a group of people around you that you, you trust, and that's one of the things that I've been working on as well is creating a couple of them around the world, or and even in our own countries, but where people get to know each other, the same principles. I've got some people in America I'm talking to as well. It's um, something that you know I think because it's, it's like one thing that technology has done; it's allowed us to communicate and meet people that that have got the same values as us, and so we can put that together, and that's why. You know, um, gonna gonna try and get as we're gonna do lots of things to, to really change the world um, and put all the energy into it. And one of the things is building communities. So we've got one of the people I follow. She's got a community out in Costa Rica already. She's she's doing that, and and it's just different different areas. So people can be in any country and be like, well, these are people that I, I can trust, and that's a good thing. But you know, having principles and values, as you said, when you actually start to look at it. When you actually start to dive into what things, is the other thing, mate. They're trying to, t- to tell us that we have got no soul, that we're just, we're just, um, you know, these meat meat bodies, and yeah. we'd be better off being hooked up to a computer, the transhumanist agenda. When when you actually well, understand, not meat bodies, we vegan bodies soon. <laughs> vegan bodies, yeah. But when you when you um, go into that and actually realise that at spiritual level, what we are. And we're so busy doing and being distracted that we can't even connect to a soul or our what we're actually meant to be here and do. Like this is another conversation we can get into another time. I'll give you some stuff to look into on this. It's, it's a bit deeper. Yeah, but, but when you actually start listening to your spirit guides, your soul, and you go on that rather than being distracted, everyone's in a world of distraction. If we can get people doing, 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 we can get them away from what they're actually meant to be here and what they're actually what is actually the purpose of being on this planet. And that's what they're doing. It's, it's just distraction. And because the human body is so resilient, they have to hit us from all these different angles, which is what they're doing. And the good, the good news is, if you vibrate at a certain level, if you live in a certain way, if you, if you disengage from everything they do, 
and you put your energy into that. That's why I like having these conversations to get, get people aware, but to also say, look, it doesn't matter what they're doing. If you live a certain way, if you put your energy into being the best human you can be, if you connect to soul, connect to your spirit, it will guide you and it will never lead you wrong. The ego is one thing, the spirit's another, and your soul. The ego will do things to fracture relationships, the soul will do things to bring them together. But if you actually understand that what your bigger purpose is, you know, you're not just here to pay taxes and die. There's, there's a reason why you're here. Whether it be, you know, just to make connections with people and for that to grow. Um, it's like society wins when people or men plant seeds for trees that they'll never see fully grow. Um, and that's something that, you know, we're so busy looking for just instant gratification today and just to, like, it's all about us. People are not looking at, like, things that go deeper than that. Um, and just like what you were doing with these interviews, telling people, like, do you want to have a culture anymore? Like, do you want your country to still have, a, have an identity? Or do you want it just to all be um, just ruined by, you know, letting everyone, everyone come in and take away our, our values? And that's something that people can have to decide on their own. But it's important for, that you go out and have these, these conversations, mate, because otherwise, you know, people just being blindly led down the path. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like, technology got us in this mess, and it's now our only way out. Well, yeah, it's uh, everything. Everything's got a, a positive and negative. It's just whether you use it. It's like creating mm. content, creating content, going on there rather than just consuming all day. You know, if you're just consuming, so are you being vigilant of what you're consuming? Are you listening to people that can actually improve your life, or are you just being distracted by noise? And there's so much noise. No wonder people are like are, are, are so lost. There's so much information. People don't know what the truth is anymore. Yeah. What 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 sort of reading materials were you wanting to send me? Just so like other people can kind of. I will just send you some. I'll send you some just some interviews on like. Um, just a um, couple of the got ones I've got from from Paul Check. Uh, he's, he's got a couple of really good podcasts. I'll uh, I'll send you ones with the guys from Mind Pump. He just goes into there's just some really good understanding about about religion at deeper deeper levels. He's someone who studied every religion. There's a, I can't remember. There's a, there's a guy. There's one guy in the world who's I can't remember his name. Who's literally studied each religion by going and living in that religion for five years apiece. Is someone uh, around lived. now? Yeah, he's around now. Yeah, I'm going to try and get his Tom name. Uh, what's his name? Is it Tom Holland? Don't think it's Tom Holland, no. Uh, it might, it might, he might be another one who's done that as well. Um, I think he, he's very well versed in all these things. I'll have a look. I'll send you the interview over. Um, but it's one of the ones he did with Mind Pump. Uh, let me have a quick look at this. I can, I can give you a full check. Mind Pump. Uh, God, let's have a look. It's a really good interview. These are guys from Mind Pump, and they're like, yeah, it's Paul Check on stress, caffeine, God, and much more. It's a phenomenal uh, podcast, and it goes into it, and then it, you'll, you'll, you'll have to listen. Uh, Paul Check's mm. someone that you'll ask him a question about performance, and he'll be talking to you about, I mean, masculine and feminine energies, yin and yang, He'll be talking to you about, you know, soul science and then God and its relationship to the stars. He's he's someone who's he's got so much yeah. knowledge. He goes deeper than the average man. Um, so I'll send it over to you. And in fact, you can just look it up. It's Paul Check on stress, capping God, and much more. I'll um, look that up. And uh, it, it, Paul Check's someone that if you want to learn, 
he's like the, the holistic godfather, but he goes deep into so many different areas. But um, man, I've got a shoot, but it's been yeah. uh, it's been a, a pleasure, my man. Um, keep in touch again. and keep doing your thing, mate. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, where, let us know where, you know, we'll do. So I was going to say, where can people find you, Callum? Uh, Twitter, it's C Smiles underscore News. So as in the letter C Smiles, as in and the underscore news. And then on Instagram, and mainly on at Frankly Speaking Politics still. There's still a part of that. Speaking. I'm usually still on that. Frankly Speaking um, Politics. Yeah. And you have to let me know when you're back in the UK and we'll go for dinner again or something. Perfect. Will do, my man. 100%. Cool. Cheers, Cal. Right. Look after yourself. Take care. So, guys and girls, we come to the end of another quality episode, and I just love getting this information out to you. Now, if you have been struggling with a health issue, or you're just looking to get to the next stage of life and really reach your full potential, you can find all the information about how you can connect with me or the courses we offer at w.reviveyourself.co. There you'll find the Total Health Revival course which is a real education, health and healing. It's not only going to teach you how to get better, but also how to stay better. There's another course like it on the market. It's eight modules that cover everything you need in holistic health from not just nutrition, but your mental and emotional health, your environmental health, biological, spiritual health, everything you need to not only create a healthy body, but to maintain that healthy body. And it's like another program on the market. You also got the chronic fatigue solution there, which was my book teaching you all about what the truth is behind three big secrets of health. So you can find that there. And I also link to many of the supplements that I recommend in the shop, different companies, all highly recommended by myself, companies I use. And keep your eyes out for Kaizen, which is coming very soon. That's going to be the best whey protein on the market that can be used for a whole plethora of reasons whether it's athletic recovery whether it's as a baby formula whether it's to increase your energy or to detoxify the body this is like nothing else on the planet and i can't wait to get that out to you that will be coming soon but otherwise that's it for today people um if i didn't mention it earlier you can always email me at ryan at reviveyourself.co if you want to have a chat about any coaching opportunities or any of the programs that we've got and yeah I'll speak to you soon. Lots of love. Take care.